Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service and the sharing of God's Word. This is where we learn, abide, and study in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. One thing I know for sure is that there is our way and there is God's way. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for this time of fellowship, for this opportunity to join together, to come before you, to learn, to grow, and to prosper, to receive guidance, for how we should conduct ourselves in our daily lives, reassurance of your grace and your mercy and your divine provision, the discernment around the directions that we should take, the conversations we should and should not be having, and, and how we should carry ourselves as belonging to you, as having given our lives to you to produce the fruits that you would have them to produce. God, I pray that this word, your word, falls on the hearts and the minds of those who are open, who are willing, who are looking forward to joining and developing a closer relationship with you so that they may have peace in their lives. As we ask and pray in your son, Jesus' name, amen. So today I want to talk about being forgiven for sins somewhat of a um, fairly straightforward concept, thought, idea, tenet, principle, Um, but it deserves further expanding upon and and explanation. I'm going to take the text from from Matthew and and the scriptures leading up to this. Uh, The Pharisees, they, they were not a fan of of Jesus. They they followed him around, in fact, uh, trying to find fault with him. And in in the passages again just prior, his disciples were were doing things, doing things, such as gathering food, because <clears throat> they were hungry, um, and Jesus was was healing the sick. And those things occurred on the Sabbath. And at that time that was that was considered against the law. And and so Jesus informed them that he is the Lord of the Sabbath day. And, and spoke to some of the things that he uh, did and was doing as appropriate. This only angered the Pharisees, right? And to the point where they had a strong desire to, to kill him. And, and what he was really trying to do is show them that their ways were, were not the way, that he is the way, the truth, and, and the light. So I'm going to start by, with Matthew 12, uh, verse 22 reading from the uh, New International Reader's Version. And in verse 22, it says, A man controlled by demons was brought to Jesus. The man was blind and could not speak. Jesus healed him. Then the man could speak and see. All the people were amazed. They said, Could this be the son of David? The Pharisees heard this, so they said, This fellow drives out demons by the power of of Beelzebub, the prince of demons. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he said to them, 
Every kingdom that fights against itself will be destroyed. Every city or family that is divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he fights against himself. Then how can his kingdom stand? You say, I drive out demons by the power of Beelzebub. Then whose power do your people drive them out? Then by whose power do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But suppose I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then God's kingdom has come to you. Verse 29, or think about this. How can you enter a strong man's house and just take what the man owns? You must first tie him up, then you can rob his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me. Anyone who does not gather sheep with me scatters them. So here's what I tell you. Every sin and every evil word spoken against God will be forgiven. But speaking evil things against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. A person like that won't be forgiven either now or in days to come. If you take a good tree, verse 33, if you make, if you make a tree good, its fruit will be good. If you make a tree bad, its fruit will be bad. You can tell a tree by its fruit. And in verse 34, you nest of poisonous snakes. How can you, who are evil, say anything good? Your mouths say everything that is in your hearts. A good man says good things. These come from the good that is put away inside him. An evil man says evil things. These come from the evil that is put away inside him. But here is what I tell you. On Judgment Day, people will have to account for every careless word they have spoken. By your words, you will be found guilty or not guilty. And so the topic of today is you are forgiven. God has forgiven for all sins except one. God is a loving God who, who knows we are sinful in nature. That's, that's just how we're made, which is why we can be drawn to, drawn into by the enemy. God does not expect us to be perfect. You are not lost, nor has he turned his back on you, despite whatever you've done despite whatever sin you've committed. So to, to receive forgiveness for those sins, without one exception, all you have to do is, is ask. So the good news is all sins are forgiven, almost, at, at one exception. Let's talk about sin. What is it? We've heard the word. There are different meanings. That people apply to it, um, but specifically from a spiritual standpoint, from God's perspective, from Jesus' perspective, sin is evil doing against humanity, society, others, oneself, and God. 
It's wrongdoing, human wrongdoing, human behavior. It's to miss the mark. It's to fail in, in duty. It's a, it's a transgression, overstepping God's limits, trespassing on God's kingly prerogative. That prerogative is, is an exclusive right a, of, of power, of privilege, his, his position, it's, uh, incurring guilt, inequity, pervasiveness, uh, wrongness, lawless, rejecting divine rule and, and being unruly. So that would be how the, the, the word sin would be de defined from, from a spiritual, from a faith uh, Christianity perspective. So what does it mean to be forgiven? To forgive entirely or disregard as trivial. To regard as excusable. To not exact punishment. To pardon, give up all claims to or retaliation for a wrong. To cease remembering or noticing. So that is what God does on our, towards our sins. For those things that we have done in the past, maybe currently doing, we'll probably do in the future. It's our nature. None of us are perfect. He's going to cease remembering. We give our hearts and our lives to God. He ceased remembering or even noticing. Unforgiven would be the opposite of that. And specifically, if we look at unforgiven, if, it's, if, if forgiven is to not exact punishment, then forgiven is to exact punishment. It is no longer excusable when it's unforgiven. There's retaliation, and there's remembering and noticing. So naturally, unforgiven is the opposite of forgiven, and unforgiven only qualifies, only in this very small area, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It's the one sin God does not forgive. What is the Holy Spirit? A divine force, an influence of God over all things and all people, an agent of God used to communicate with people or acts on them. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It helps us to live a holy life. It is that indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is within us that lets us know shouldn't be doing that. That's not right. So then blasphemy is profane or contemptuous speech or writing about or toward God. Slander, insults, devaluing, doubting the power or mocking the nature of God directly or, or indirectly, deliberately disobeying God's law, and to mock his word or reject his revelation. So people can blasphemy against God and his son, and we'll read that, and we touched on that. We'll get into a little bit more later, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, not forgiven. Blasphemy against God and Jesus, his son, forgiven. Big difference there. So what are the chances that you have committed blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? So probably not, right? 
So let's talk about the sins that have been forgiven. Let's, let's put names to them. Adultery, lying, oppression, injustice, theft, cruelty, inhumanity, neglect of the poor, acts, uh, good left undone, unused talent, ignoring the in injured, love never shown, unbrotherliness, hostility, selfishness, insensitivity, self-righteousness, spiritual blindness, hypocrisy, ostentatious piety, boasting of deeds and abilities. Hey, look what I can do. Sins, anger, contempt, lust, hardness of the heart, deceitfulness. Those are sins of the heart. Lack of trust in God. Love of and reverence uh, for. If you're lacking your trust in God, you don't love God. You don't have reverence for God sins. It leaves you, sin basically, it leaves you feeling broken, unclean, foolish, guilty, weak. So here's the litmus test. If any of those words caused you concern, anxiety, to feel guilty, you're on the right path. If you were like, I don't care, those were compliments to you, you're probably on the wrong path. The, the point is, the Holy Spirit within us convicts us of the sins. We're going to commit them, yes, but that guiding, that, that, that internal gauge that says, this is wrong, I shouldn't be doing this, I should refrain, even maybe that's not right. It may be in the, in the heat of the moment, then after the fact, oh man, I really, wow, I wish it. I wish I would not have. So sin can be traced back to the heart and will. And, and if we look at that and we say, this is something that I just don't feel right about, chances are we have reverence for God, that we feel, if we feel bad about it, God loves a broken and contrite heart. Loves because he knows that you understand who he is, his love for you. And that you have done something wrong. And you have been forgiven for that. Know that. So don't, so, don't, don't sit back and say, I'm not worthy. I can't. I, I messed up. I'm too far gone. You have to be, to be too far gone. It's, it's, it has to be very specific in that too far gone. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 12, 31 and 32, it said, So here's what I tell you. Every sin and every evil word spoken against God will be forgiven. But speaking evil things against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. A person like that won't be forgiven either now or in the days to come. The Amplified breaks it out. It talks about that blasphemy. Every evil, abusive, injurious speaking or indignity against sacred things. Right? And then when it talks about uh, blasphemy, you can't be forgiven about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It said, shall not and cannot be forgiven. In verse 32, the Amplified breaks it out a little further, talking about the Spirit, the Holy One. And, and, and talking about not being forgiven either in this world and age or in the world and age to come. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit 
is considered an eternal sin. Sins we commit while we're here on earth are not considered eternal sins. Eternal sins is that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Calling Jesus' power evil and demonic is, is to wickedly and consciously reject God, his power, and his saving grace. Willful sin by those who have seen the truth. You've seen it, you know better, and yet you speak against it. That, because the, you do it because there's, there's no evidence or, or there's no evidence or argument that, that, that says why it's not forgiven, that, that a person like that can be helped. If, if you, knowing God, knowing his love, his grace, his mercy, that he sent his son to die in place of us, all of the things that he has done, that he loves us unconditionally, yet you can be willfully, be wickedly and consciously in your rejection of him, that's pretty far gone. And, and, and so we have to uh, reflect a, 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 a mind where that, that individual, that person, and it's hard for me to even put into to context here, a person of that mindset um, is confused willfully about God and Satan. Who's, who's greater, where, this, where, this, where, the, where the power is. So the other point, second point I want to make is, is pick a side. Fence-sitters need not apply. There, there's no middle ground here. Uh, there's no room for compromise ever to be made in the conflict between good and evil. There's, there's no sitting on the fence. In Matthew 12 and 25, it says Jesus knew what they were thinking. He could read their minds. So he said to them, Every kingdom that fights against itself will be destroyed. Every city or family that is divided against itself will not stand. The Amplified talked about in knowing uh, their thoughts. He said to them, any kingdom that is divided against itself is being brought to desolation and laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself will last or continue to stand. So here Jesus knew their thoughts and he basically was setting out to take the legs right out from under what they were thinking, their, their uh, understanding, their belief, their views. We all know that divided we fall. One of the messages is on that very subject. And, but there's strength when we work in concert together with each other. Because if, 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 if we are continuing to fight each other, we all fail. Combined, our strength can go up against and be victorious and, and win. So it was, it was for that reason, um, Jesus could not be um, Beelzebub, the Lord of flies, as it's spoken to, or the Lord of the manure pile. Um, also known as the, the Prince of Satan, as they were speculating. He couldn't be that. In, in other words, the, the, the blind and speechless man was not healed by Satan or evil powers. The, he was possessed. Satan had caused what he had 
on him, but it was God's power over Satan. He is more powerful than to be able to cure that man. So it, it can't be that the power of, of, of Satan that cast it out of man. It was the power of God. In Matthew 12 and 30, it says, Anyone who is not with me is against me. Anyone who does not gather sheep with me scatters them. The Amplified says, Definitely on my side, with me, and for my side. It, it's very clear. We're in a holy war of good versus evil. This is against the enemy, devil, Satan, his kingdom. There's no middle ground and no room for passivity. There's no fence to sit on or no, nowhere in the middle for you to exist. You have to choose. There can be no peace between these two forces. They cannot, cannot coexist. That's why you're either for or against. If, if you're for that, you're an enemy of God. If you're for God, you're an enemy of the enemy, the wicked one, the Lord of the manure pile. These are eternally opposite, not alike. They are very dissimilar. Satan may try to give the appearance or allude to it being the same, but it is not. And God will be eternally victorious over the devil's kingdom. In Matthew 12 and 33, as we read, if you make a tree good, its fruit will be good. If you make a tree bad, its fruit will be bad. You can tell a tree by its fruit. So the, the tree, healthy and sound, it says in the Amplified. That's the good. Diseased and bad. Diseased and bad. The tree is known for and recognized and judged by its fruit. The heart is the root, if you will, of this tree. If you have a good heart, a heart for God, love for God, has, has given you life, have given your life to God, you will bear good fruit. Let me say that again. If you have a good heart, a heart for God, love for God, and have given your life to God, you will bear good fruit. Simply how it works. Good trees, they're good fruit. If you have a heart filled with lust, self, selfishness, corruption, deceitfulness, evil, wickedness, the fruit you bear will be of the same manner. Despite sin, the fruit, it's, it's that heart. A heart transformed will result in a reformed tree of good fruit. I was once a sinner, but Jesus saved me. God sent his only son. I can bear good fruit. The last point, and it's very important, is words matter. Words, what you say, what we allow to come out of our, our, our mouth. Uh, uh, what is a word? A word is a unit of language consisting of one or more spoken sounds or written with the principal purpose of being a carrier of meaning. It can convey emotions and it can express thoughts and feelings. See where I'm going with this? From the heart. Again, it stems from the heart. So in Matthew 12 and 35, it said, a good man says good things. Those come from the good that is put away inside him. An evil man says evil things. Those come from the evil that is put away inside him. 
But here's what I tell you. On Judgment Day, people will have to account for every, every careless word they have spoken. By your words, you will be found guilty or not guilty. So when it, when it talks about out from, from the evil man, out of his inner evil storehouse, flings forth evil things, giving account, it, it, it's where, you, where, you, uh, uh, where your words idle, inoperative, non-working, or were you? And, and, and your words, are you, are you justified and acquitted on that judgment day? Are you condemned and sentenced? So again, if you find yourself constantly blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, judgment day is not going to be so good for you. If you find yourself with a broken and contrite heart, God, I know I fell short. God, I know that I am not worthy. I thank you for your son. I thank you for forgiving me for my sins. The heart, it's a, it's a different outcome. The heart is the found, fountain, and our words are the streams that flow out of that fountain. Some pretend that they are good, but they have no treasures. There's, there, there's no proof of it. Their words and actions don't add up. They're, they're, they're dead. Faith without works. They do not bring forth good fruits. The heart is the treasury. Words are brought out of the treasury. A person of good character will bring forth good things. Things like grace, comforts, experiences, good knowledge, good affections, good resolutions, good treasure is in the heart. Treasures that are valuable, suitable, and kept safe for God's people. The Word of God is written in a heart, as is the law of God. The, 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 the divine truths dwell there, and they rule the person, and all of that for the glory of God. So if our hearts belong to God, the Holy Spirit exists within our hearts, within our spirits, within, our, within, within us. That then dictates, determines, influences what we do. And even when we mess up, it convicts us of that wrongdoing, reminds us that Jesus paid the price and died for us, so we are forgiven for our sins. That does not mean that I'm going to, well, if I'm forgiven, I'm going to go ahead and do anything. I mean, that, that's not a broken and contrite heart. That's taking advantage. What I'm speaking to is this. For those of you who feel like you're too broken, you've gone too far, you've done too much, God just can't forgive you for, for that one thing over there or that period of years where you were forsaken. You want to be forgiven. You want to abide with God. You want to have that relationship, but you feel you're too far lost. I'm here to tell you that you are not. Because if you feel that way, the treasures are in your heart. God lives, dwells within you. That's a broken and contrite heart. That is just where he wants you. That is just what he loves to know and see and hear because he knows that you know that he, you, he loves you. And you want that relationship. So learn to forgive yourself because God already has. Learn to let go because those are just tricks of the enemy. Trying to persuade you that you're too far gone, that you messed up, that it's too late. Those are lies. In other words, you have to intentionally, specifically, willfully, and wickedly 
go so far against God to blaspheme, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit to get to that place of unforgiven. You are not there. If you're watching this, you are not there. You are in a place where God can still use you, where you have gifts, where you have treasures stored up inside of you that he is looking to use to develop and further his kingdom. So let go of the sin that he has already forgotten, that he has already pardoned, that he, is, that he does not remember, that he has removed from you, and, and, and move forward in developing that relationship with him. And in doing so, don't willfully mock or slander or reject the Holy Spirit or its power. Most of you are like, there's no way I would ever do that. That's a good thing. Choose to fight the good fight. We cannot make or be friends with the enemy and also be loyal, be a champion of God and be considered on his side. Break up with the enemy. We're no longer friends. You can't be here. You're done. Get out. Evict the enemy from your life. God has forgiven us, cleansed us from all of our sins. They have forgotten, is forgotten all of our sins. That's where you exist. That's where you live. That's where you are. So have peace and take comfort in knowing that. You're not lost. You're not too far. In order to be forgiven for your sins, all you need to do is ask. All you need to do is ask. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of communion fellowship, this opportunity to come together, to be as one, to be united, to hear your word, that we pray softened hearts, lifted spirits, in knowing that you have already forgiven them, that they are still your children, that they belong to you, and for those that desire to have you in their life, you never left. The enemy tried to distract them into, and fool them into thinking that it was too late or they had gone too far. And God, we, you, you have demolished that lie, that untruth, to let them know, Father, that you have forgiven them and they can have eternal life with you all of your people that have prayed the sinner's prayer and for those that haven't that are looking to get into relationship they're not too far gone they can start right now today by praying this prayer with me and it goes god i know i am a sinner and i cannot save myself I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son Jesus gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. This we ask and pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ into your life. God has forgiven you every sin that you have committed up until this point. Every sin except blasphemy. 
and I highly doubt you've done that. You are renewed. You are refreshed. And you can go on with your life. You're going to sin again. It's going to happen. None of us are perfect. None of us have holes in our wrists. We walk this earth. God knows our nature. And he knows we can be tempted. So I encourage you for that reason to read and study and immerse yourself in God's word so that you will be better prepared and well equipped to manage the many challenges you will face. Some of them, some of you are facing them right now on earth. God's word has the answers. I ask that you please share this message with others so that it will be a blessing to and encourage them in their daily walk. I also ask that you consider supporting this ministry through a financial gift. Your gifts go to help return God's word into the world and your gifts will be returned to you. Give as God has led you to gifts to give. Your gifts help accomplish his works. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your support. And I hope to see you again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's word. And that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.